Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and today, Benny and I are doing a big old catch-up on everything that's been going on in social media news, from X or Twitter, however you want to call it, to Meta, to YouTube, to TikTok, and everything in between. We're diving deep into everything that's been released, things that aren't yet released, and all the things in between. I hope you enjoyed the episode. How are you today, Benny? I'm good. I'm good. I guess uh, it's, it's good to be back. It's been a few weeks, so... Yeah, it has been. I've been on vacation, and yeah, we had some stuff already planned out and scheduled, so we're like, you know what? Let's just take a little little pause. Gone for a minute, but we back now. We back. And there's so much content that's been... Well, not content. There's been so much news that's been happening, yeah. so instead of doing like a specific thing today, we're just going to dive into everything that's been happening with social media in the past couple of weeks. But before we do that, we should do probably a little flicks tip. Mm. Flicks tip. Mm. Mm. (laughs) So this tip is more, not anything too specific, but just more of a reinforcement of the fact of why you should be creating content. It actually happened last night where I order Uber Eats from someone and then I go out and I say, oh, thank you. And in his little bio, it said uh, he's doing Uber Eats because he wants to be an actor. So I grabbed it from him and I just said like, oh, good luck with the acting. And he made like very prolonged eye contact. And I was like, that was a little weird, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So then I go back in, I sit down, I open up my sub and then the door it goes again. He knocks on the door and I come out. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. I'm like, "What what did I do? And then I open it up and he's like, I don't even be weird here, man, but are, are you Ben Levitt like from Flick? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am, dude. And then we had like a two-minute conversation about how he watched all the videos and how it means so much to him. And I was like, that's crazy because when that's you don't awesome. see that, the numbers just seem like numbers. But that's a legitimate human being that I cr- came across in real life, in the real world, that is impacted from our content. So it's like, don't forget that when you're creating, it is not just a number on the other side of the screen. It's a human being that, is actually going to remember you. Cause like I, I make so much content. I don't even think that anyone would like process my name or anything like that. So the <laughs> fact that he knew my first and last name, and I was like, that's, that was, it was a weird moment. Cause I've ha- only ever had that happen before at like a conference where people knew I was going or they knew I was right, talking right, about right. it. Yeah. So it's like, Hey, that obviously they know who I am cause they signed up for the conference. But this was like the first true in the wild moment. And I was like, that's the power of content right there. And it's like such a, I'm sure it's like such a weird experience just, or like a feeling at first where you're just like, oh my God, somebody recognized me just from like all of this content that I make. Yeah. And so it, it happens in real life all the time where someone knows you through someone or whatever. Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, are yeah. you this person? But that's so different than someone literally just coming to you because they found you on the internet randomly. <laughs> and they felt like that the payoff was high enough to take the risk of it not being me. Right. It's like, what if it, what if it wasn't me? He's like, oh, I, I, I care enough to like, talk to this person who I watch their content to risk this not being him. And also like as a, like he's probably not even supposed to do that as a new Eats driver. That's also true. Yeah. Yeah. So like the <laughs> fact that and I was totally cool with it, like I was totally fine with it. Absolutely. I'm glad that he did do it, but that goes to show you how much impact you can have through some video. So don't discredit that. Don't think it can't transform people's lives or your business because the proof is in the pudding. It is. Absolutely. I don't know why that just like made me really giddy that somebody was like, oh my gosh, I want to, I watch all your stuff and like, it's been helpful and that must be such a cool feeling. Yeah, it was. He's like, I binge watched, cause he, he DM me right after. Cause I said like, oh, if you ever need specific help, like DM us, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you whatever. And so he DMs me like right away being like, I've been binge watching the channel, da, 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 da. <laughs> but I was like, fuck, that's awesome. And for anyone listening to this, 
don't think your videos don't matter because they obviously can and, and do. They always have impact, even if you don't think they are. Absolutely. 100%. So should we talk about basically everything that's been going on in the world of social media? Because it feels like there's been a lot in the past couple of weeks. 100%. Take it away. What, what story you want to start with? Let's talk about this whole TikTok and Google thing. I don't know if you've seen this, but essentially it con- was confirmed last week that TikTok is testing a new feature that will show Google search in TikTok's own sor- search results. Mm-hmm. So if you're searching for, I don't know, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, you're going to see video content in TikTok, but you're also going to see a little search icon that says Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg with Google link to it. So it'll show you articles as well. And I'm just really, I guess I'm unsure. And I don't know how you're feeling about this because TikTok beat out Google as the top search engine for Gen Z last year. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they're incorporating this, I'm not really sure what the end game is for them. Yeah, that's where my biggest question mark was too. There was just kind of the why behind it. But maybe it'll be like a symbiotic relationship where like there's some sort of benefit that TikTok gets from it too. And maybe that's, maybe this is them, them just saying like, we've lost this. So let's Mm -hmm. try to get some of the pie, but it is, it is a little bit of a head scratcher. Have you come across this in your TikTok app yet? Like, have you seen this? I haven't. I had a friend who it appeared for them because again, it's, they're just testing it and it's just on random accounts currently. They were saying that when you clicked into like the Google search, it just all stayed within the app. So I'm curious if TikTok is just trying to make it a one-stop shop. And so you can get all of your searches, any questions that you have all on TikTok and not have mm. to go to Google. Yeah. But also, will this help lend more credibility? Because there is a credibility issue with TikTok. TikTok. Like, yes. Will this lend more credibility to them like by having Google in there for them? Yeah, it is kind of funny because even though a lot of the, even the blog content is equally as BS as the video content is on TikTok. But there is that weird connection where if I read it, it just seems more trustworthy. I don't know. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, there's this article by The Verge that I'm reading. And it says that uh, when that happens, a TikTok pop-up reads, TikTok does not endorse or take responsibility for the search results results from Google. So that's kind of funny. And then also The Verge tried to contact Google and they declined to comment. And then TikTok hasn't responded yet. It's testing the feature in some markets, is all they said. Yeah. And so it definitely seems like this is even more of a way of Google to be a monopoly on the search front and everything like that. But again, it'll just be, I just don't know what TikTok's endgame is on this. Yeah. It seems like they'd be arch enemies and would never, ever (laughs) consider working together. But maybe they feel like there's, there's obviously they're playing that there's some benefit here for both parties involved. Otherwise it wouldn't happen. But I would be really curious to see the back end of this as to the conversations that led to this. Well, and it could be something to do with TikTok and that fear of being banned in the US too. Yes, that's true too. Because that's still something that's being talked about. I think 18 states have officially backed Montana's state ban. Wow. And so with that in mind, it seems like the ban might actually start moving forward, like even more forward in the next, I don't know, few months next year, Mm. who knows. And so maybe this is another way for them to try to lend credibility to TikTok, have protection over TikTok so it can stay. But I don't know what else it would be. That's a a phenomenal point because that could be 
what they're doing. They're just trying to play the political game and they feel like the association with Google and the amount of pull that they have is, is a, a worthwhile thing to have on their side as they're dealing with all this stuff. So that could be exactly what it is, the benefit for them. Ay-yay-yay-yay. Who knows? The other thing is, I don't know if you saw this as a certified YouTuber, but YouTube is actually announcing a new app called YouTube Create. I did see that. Yeah, that looks actually pretty cool. So basically, it's going to be very similar to CapCut, TikTok's mm-hmm. own CapCut. And it's currently in beta. So it'll give people access to editing tools like editing and trimming, automatic captioning, voiceover capabilities, and access to a library of filters, effects, transitions, and royalty-free music with beat-matching technology. So essentially, it's CapCut. It's basically the Reels editor, but it's its own separate app. And I personally have a... I do have a CapCut app just because there are certain templates on TikTok that I like to use, and they're Mm -hmm. only specific to CapCut. And I'm curious if this is something that you would personally download. I would definitely try it. Like I think CapCut has done such a good job and TikTok too, even with their in-app editor of providing such an easy to use product that's just made creation simple. And they've benefited from it so much too. I think a lot of creators, their go-to creation tools are those two apps, TikTok and then CapCut. So which is, that's pretty remarkable to think about how they're owning basically the whole supply chain. So I think it makes total sense that they should do it. Again, will it be easy to use? Will it be clunky? Who knows? But I'll definitely give it a try. Yeah, I'm just not sure if we all have app fatigue and we're not (laughs) going to want to download another app that's an editing app. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Instagram's like the Reels editor is still pretty horrific inside the app. It's so hard to use. It's It's very clunky. And it, yeah, I just don't like the user face. Like it's, to me, it makes it more complicated. I can't find filters very well. I can't find little editing tools that I want. And I find it really challenging. Whereas if I use CapCut or if I use TikTok, it's so easy to use. So if YouTube Create can make something that is as seamless as TikToks or CapCuts, I think more and more people would download it. And I think more and more people would actually use YouTube YouTube Shorts. Yeah, that's a big byproduct that I feel could happen because I know whenever I go to make a video, I usually try to end up making it on TikTok and then I usually watch some videos too. So think about how often that happens at scale. And yeah. then also the other benefits of, of people having to come there as their their main tool. It's just, it seems to make a lot of sense for expanding the business. But yeah, it'll be all come down to how easy it is to use because Instagrams is so clunky. Sometimes I just quit. I'm like, this is so annoying to use. I don't even want to post this video anymore. So I do think it definitely does matter. Also with the association of the platform too, of like how people view it, which can help in terms of how much content is out there. Yeah, I mean, I had to like, because Instagram kind of punishes you a bit if you're not using their own personal editor. We know this, like they've said this before in the past that you need to use their own in-app editor if you want your content to do pretty well. And anytime I've used it, it will take me so long and end up like I try to find a template. If I'm using a specific sound, I try to find a template with the sound because I find that so much easier but if there's not one, it'll take me a solid like 15, 20, 30 minutes sometimes just like trying to cut everything together and make sure that all the text is laying correctly and that mm. it just looks yeah, right. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's honestly so complicated. And then if I just use CapCut or TikTok, I can do it in legitimately seconds. A fraction of the time. And so even if that whole thread of less reach is true, 
the opportunity cost of your time is usually still, I'd rather use the other 100%. app, which says a lot. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think they clearly need to solve that problem. I think that's almost Instagram's biggest issue in a nutshell is that everything's just like too clunky because they're trying to do everything. Yeah. So if you're wanting to use CapCut or TikTok yeah. and you want to put that on Instagram Reels, I suggest finding a sound that's on both mm. and then just doing everything within TikTok downloading it and then just doing the in-app editor with the audio only so it feels like you're actually using the in-app editor that's what i've that's been my trick to get around it yeah otherwise it's quite exhausting yes yes it is (laughs) and then the other big piece of news is everything that's going on at x and i'm now getting to the point where i'm calling it x instead of twitter because it doesn't feel like twitter to me anymore okay which I have found very interesting that I've like very easily have moved on from calling it Twitter. But I don't know if you saw this, but apparently X is no longer going to be free. Yeah, I did see the rumblings of that, which I think is madness. It's such a weird thing. So basically Elon Musk was um, interviewing with Israeli Prime Minister on how he's going to stop the bots on the platform. Mm. Um, Because obviously bots are still a huge issue across social media in general, not just, I almost said Twitter again. (laughs) Damn it. Maybe I'm wrong. I am still calling it Twitter. (laughs) But Elon Musk said, the single most important reason we're moving to having a small monthly payment for use of the X system is that it's the only way I can think of to combat vast armies of bots. So... I guess I get the point of trying to make it a paid service. However, I just don't think it's worth it. Yeah, that takes away the whole network effect of the app. If because if not everyone wants to create, like a lot of people just consume or very or create very minimally. So if you make for them, it's going to be tough for them to justify. I think because if you can go to other platforms that are free and basically get the same information, I think that's enough for people to just say no. And then that also takes the huge benefit away for advertising, which at one point was yes. their biggest line of revenue. I'm sure it still is. And so that's a tougher sell too if there's less people on the platform. Yeah. And it seems like more like less and less people are using it overall from the stats that have been being released recently. Um, and the number of downloads are completely down from where, where it was before the rebrand. Mm-hmm. So I think all of this is going to continue to hurt the app as a whole, which really is sad because, I mean, Twitter was one of my favorite apps and now it's, I hardly ever go on it anymore. Really? Yeah, which is really disappointing because, and I don't go on threads ever. Like, I don't care about threads. But Twitter used to be that place that I would go to like every morning and I would just love reading random people's like thoughts and just what they're talking about for the day. Mm -hmm. And now I gro- go on it, I'll scroll for maybe five seconds and then I just get out of it. Yeah, I, I still use it a decent amount, but I, I I think that for us to look back on this decision, we're going to have to give it a longer time window. But so far, I think it's it's hurt the app, it seems. like At first it said that the downloads were, were high right off the gate, but that's probably just from the initial press cycle. But then after that, people still, like. I think the, one of the most awkward things is talking about what is a post on X called? Whereas it used to be called a tweet. People still call it a tweet. We can call it an X. I think you're supposed no, you're supposed to just call it a post. That's so lame. Yeah. And also there's a bunch of other things that they're trying to release soon. 
to make it the everything app. Yes, yes, yes. That's a vision. So they held their first client council where the new CEO, Linda Jacrino, I can never say her last name. Okay. Another one that I can't say the last name of. (laughs) But basically, she went into detail on what's going to come next for X. And honestly, none of them sound like major game changers. And I was hoping for a bit more from the announcement. Yeah. So the new features that are being released are long form blog posts, video calls, payments between users, creator subscriptions, with their, which they already have, product listings. So they're going to be doing more shopping, so in-app shopping, creator ad revenue share, which they've already started doing, and the job listings. Yeah, none of that seems very earth shattering. No. And then they've already, so they started the process of the money transfer. And I feel like that's going to be a long process. But when Meta did that with Facebook payments, that was a thing for what, a couple months? And then they stopped it? Yeah, I think logistically it's tough because there's so much regulation in, in transfer of money, on especially on an international scale. But it is, it's a problem that needs to be solved. I don't, I don't think Twitter is the vehicle for it or X, but it is definitely a big, big potential problem. But I don't think this is the, the way to do it, in my opinion. But No, and then the product listings. I mean, think of... Think of TikTok, think of Instagram, think of Facebook. Product listings and in-app shopping, they don't do well. Yeah, I, I'd be curious to see. The, I'll have to look into like their revenue totals from, from those things. But they all try to do it, but it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Like I've never really, I don't buy that frequently from them, but maybe I'm not their target. Yeah, well, and I mean, even Instagram got rid of the shopping tab when that used to be such a big thing and a big yeah, that focus that they had. Yeah, they had that focus for so long and it was like there was a whole dedicated shopping feature on the app and now that's completely gone. I forgot about that thing completely. There's a little shopping bag, right, at the bottom? Yep, yep. Yeah, it's not even so, there anymore. That's not there anymore. They've completely got rid of in-app. Well, I say in-app shopping. They got rid of the tab. You can still shop on Instagram. mm mm-hmm. Because if you are a business that actually has a meta shop, it can link to your both your Facebook and your Instagram. Okay. But it's just really hard on a lot of businesses to link it because it can make it really hard on them in the back end. Mm. And so a lot of businesses just don't do it because it's really confusing and takes way too much of their time when they could just have people link to their website. There's yeah, and all these things that make sense why people have so much animosity towards Instagram because yes, the end goal, it could make people's lives better, but the way they're, they make it very hard. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. difficult to use all of these things. And oftentimes you spend the time learning something and then it's gone. It's like, why did I do this? And the next time it comes around, you're like, Oh, same thing. And then, yeah, it's, it creates an issue for everyone involved, but yeah. yeah well, it's and it's funny because my friends, they'll get new features or as somebody who's constantly on social media, I get new features and it's Mm -hmm. just beta tested features. So there are things that might come about. There are things that might not come about. And my friends get so annoyed because they're like, I learned this thing for the past month because they were testing me Yeah, and now it's gone. It's not there. I don't know how to use the app anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it is. There's so much of that because they constantly add new and new features. And they usually, that's how they roll them out. They try them and see how people like them. But I never even thought about that where the ones that don't go through what the people that love them are like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, I can't remember what it was. It was 
probably like two years ago, they were testing some feature for me. Okay. And I think I had it for at least four months. It was completely, it That's was like a long something, test. It was a long test. It was in my stories. And now I can't remember what it was, but I got so used to that test. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like a feature that rolled out. None of my friends had it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess they're just going to be launching it soon for everybody. And then it, one day it was gone and it's never showed up again. And I can't, I wish I could remember what it was, but it was very easy to use and streamlined really well into the app. And now this is going to annoy everybody because I'm just talking about something that doesn't exist anymore. So there we go. <laughs> but they probably feel your pain. So they're right there with you. <laughs> yeah, it, it is annoying. And I've seen a lot of, because like we posted that, that video of a breakdown of Moseri's most recent long form interview. Yes. And uh, I saw one comment that actually really did pique my interest. And she's, it was a prediction of, of one of our viewers. And she said how, or kind of a combination prediction and complaint. She's like, no one will focus on like one core demographic. Everyone's only going after everyone. And she said, I yes. think there's opportunity in someone just saying, we're cool with being this and doing that really, really well. Because if you look at most companies in other industries that build a moat and end up becoming massive, it's because they did one thing really, really well until the point where people actually wanted these other things. Whereas these apps are going the other way. They're like, we do this really well. Now take this too. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? like, so we didn't ask for that. So it's like, it's, it's a different equation, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to follow. It keeps us busy. Well, and it's also, I kind of feel like Pinterest has gotten who their demographic is pretty down pretty well. So, I mean, most people on Pinterest, I feel like it's more probably female centric, but they actually like have their home base. They've got the recipes, they've got their boards set up fairly well and they do decent in their demographic. And I don't feel like they're trying to release too much stuff. Anytime I do the newsletter and I'm looking for content to talk about, subscribe to our newsletter if you don't already. I never really see that much about Pinterest. Yes, true. Which is that good or good or bad thing? Who knows? But I, I want to ask this because you know way better than me. When, yeah. when they when they went through something recently, wasn't there a lot of complaints about something to do with Pinterest? I'm not a big Pinterest guy. Yeah. So they released a. Are you talking about the story pins? That might have been what it was. I remember there being something that people were pissed about. Yeah. So they did um, like a story pin thing, and they also released some new stuff like with advertising. Okay. But and then they listened to their user base. They realize, okay, well, they're complaining about this. Maybe there's good reason that they're complaining. And they actually look into it and have conversations with their users and then are like, okay, well, we listen to you guys. We understand where you're coming from. And then they tweak it. And that's the thing. Like, that's what, like, we're the ones that are boosting these apps. We're the ones that, like, we're there for, or basically they're using, they want us on their platforms. Mm. And if they're not listening to the users, I feel like it's going to make it more and more challenging and make more, push more and more of their users away if they're going to keep putting out things that we don't want and trying new things. But And I say this all the time, but yet we're all still it's on it here. and we're all still probably going to be on it until the end of time. Yeah, it's a tough battle that all these platforms are playing where it's like, do we listen to user sentiment or do we listen to user data? And that's Correct. the decision they have to make. And I think that there's a point where the data may be telling you a story that sentiment may eventually be able to swing the other way, even though in a vacuum, it looks like we should do this decision right now. But you got to think about the people aspect of it too. I think maybe we've reached a point where it's too number driven. And yeah. I think there will be probably a disaster story for one of these platforms. Maybe it's Instagram who has made too many 
pure data back decisions. And then the people end up saying, screw that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I do think it'll probably be Instagram, especially with their new threads app. And they're still going gung ho on it, even though their numbers are down, I think 71%. That was so predictable, though. Yes. And like, I honestly, I thought I was going to be on it because I was like, okay, well, this could be like a good way for me to kind of since X is not really the platform that it was previously, maybe this will be something that I'll get into. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've opened it in like three weeks. Yeah, I've I opened it the first week. I posted a few just to see like what kind of engagement you'd receive and stuff like that. And it was not that enjoyable of experience. It was like Twitter, but less good. And yeah. I just didn't see the possible angle for, for getting people to want to use this because it felt like a wannabe Twitter, but not, like I said, not as good. And the whole angle they were going for was a lot more of a curated feed, less time sensitive. But I feel like that's the biggest pro of Twitter is the fact that it moves very quickly and it is current. Yeah. And it's just, it's not even what is it algorithm based. So it's all in order or no, no, sorry. Yeah. It's more interest focused. It's not in order. And that's a huge part of why Twitter, like you said, why Twitter's so good is because it's the constant stream of information. Also, I don't like the thing that I really like about Twitter or X is the fact that it there is algorithm-based stuff in it. Mm. And you're seeing what your friends are liking and you're seeing what your friends are commenting on. And there seems like to be more of an organic and natural like scroll, like that's why I want to scroll on Twitter. That's why I used to really like it because there was so much content out of it. And now I don't really get that on my Twitter, but on threads is just boring people that I follow on Instagram that aren't that interesting when they're writing. Yeah. In real time, I'm going through and using the threads desktop version for the first time and trying to see. Oh, I forgot that they had. See, again, I forgot that they had that. Yeah. They released that a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Earlier recently. And yeah, this this is really weird. I'm I'm looking scrolling through right now. I haven't done this in a long time. It's all like I don't follow these people, but they're trying their best here. They're they're trying really hard, and it's just not doing anything for me. Yeah, I don't think this was the play, but again, it's not it's not my app. But <laughs> it is it's what it is. My app. <laughs> Again, they also have a lot of pressure from investors and all that stuff. But yeah, it seems very clunky and they're only doing more. So like they're just trying to do too much. But yeah, I think that Threads is pretty well pooped. Like I, I can't see it building a big... Pretty sustained, well pooped. I, I can't see it be, building a big sustained following. It's like the whole... The fact that some people are surprised that... What was that even app even called now? The Be Real. Be Real. The, the Be Real is not even a thing. It's like, wow, what a shocker. Like the whole yeah. time, I was like, there's no way. It's not viable. And, and look yeah. where we are. It's not viable. No. Not if you're trying to take the exact business plan of something that needs to be totally different and then saying, like, this is our core offering. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, we have to do that if we want to make money. It's like, but that's what you're not supposed to be. So it's, yeah, it's just a lot of confusion, clearly. Yeah. And I just, I also really don't like the fact that they're pushing threads so hard. Like Mm -hmm. I get it. I get that you built a new app. You put a lot of people on it. You put a lot of money behind it. Totally understand that. However, you're pushing it way too hard to the point where it's uncool and now nobody wants to do it. Like if it was more of, 
I don't know, you just have to build like a reputation around it being the cool thing. And right now you're pushing it so hard that it feels very uncool to even be over there. It's a weird situation, isn't it? Where you can't really manufacture cool in a lot of cases because when Instagram was cool is when they were just figuring out what they were and then they tried to be everything and now they're not cool. It's it's so, it's so funny because they just went too far and then people swing the other way. So it's, it's fascinating to watch because now how I even view Instagram, I, I try to think back to how I viewed it a few years ago. And it's almost tough to even remember it that way because of how much the sentiment has changed in the industry. Yeah. People just don't think Instagram's cool anymore. They're, it's like the anti-cool. It's like becoming what Facebook was, but then apparently Facebook's having a bit of a resurgence now too. So they are tough. with their groups. And I, you know what? I do love a Facebook group. I love to creep on people. I love to see what the hot gossip is in the neighborhoods. And there's a lot of that. I, yeah. I'm like the neighborhood peeping Tom just on Facebook groups. Facebook. Yeah. They certainly <laughs> make it easier than ever to do that stuff, but it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. There's always a lot of things to keep a track of, but it does become overwhelming where I feel like there probably will become an everything app. I don't, I don't think it'll be X, but yeah, it's already happened in Asia though. Right. With, was it WeChat or they do basically yeah, everything? I think so. Yeah. So it typically, it's probably going to happen everywhere, but yeah, I don't know. Is there any other big storylines that, like, what's next? What do we have here? I don't think so. I think that's about it. Those are like the top ones for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, there's always so much going on, which I think speaks to the fact that we're still early, right? Because it's like people, it is, but it's tough to, it's always tough to imagine an innovative world until it happens. And then in hindsight, it's so obvious. Like the whole vertical yes. video piece, it was, no one saw that becoming what it is now, but in hindsight, it makes total sense. So there'll be something like that. Who knows what it'll be, but... Yeah, there'll be something that completely changes the social media game in the future. Who knows if that will be before the end of the year, in the next five years. We have no idea, but something new will happen and then we'll all be like, oh my God, how did we ever live without that? I don't even remember a time before that. Yeah, we, we tend to do that a lot. And we also have we have really poor memories and we also are very bad at predicting things. <laughs> it's true though. Like, <laughs> am I wrong? You're not wrong. It's so true. It's, it's so, so bad. And also, this is kind of a little sidebar thing, but it kind of makes sense with here is that we're so bad at thinking like five years out because now we're getting to a place where we're dealing with exponential levels of change. Whereas our brains think very linearly. Yeah. Like (laughs) they think in a linear fashion where it's like, Hey, if it goes this speed, it's going to continue at that speed. But now with all of these points of technology intersecting at the same time, the rate of change is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. And so predictions become almost impossible. So I think your your whole VR prediction that you've made a bunch of times in this show, I think is hella, hella likely to happen because I think that it's the perfect storm where the tech will become easy enough and approachable enough where the mass adoption can take place. Because that's always been the biggest issue is that it's clunky and weird and you look like a psycho with the thing on your face. <laughs> but I think we're pretty damn close to that becoming something that you don't even think about. It may yeah. either, either It's a very small device or it's even implanted in you, which is crazy to think about, but... I mean, think about the Apple just did like their new release and they were talking about the Apple VR and then Facebook is working with Ray-Ban again to release their new Ray-Ban stories, whatever they're called. So there are steps that are being made uh, once again to get us more into a VR reality or VR space. Mm. So yeah, 
I'm still, that's my, still going to be my prediction. I think it's a solid one, but uh, as any, all the news comes, we'll cover it here. So if you're into this kind of stuff, you know what to do. Make sure you subscribe. Please do. Well, do you have anybody that you would like to feature this week, Benny? So, because I actually just, I met this guy in person finally. He's been one of those internet friends for a little bit. And then he goes to my gym. And so I finally, we went at the same time. And I was like, oh, are you, are you Jacob? Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so his name's Jacob Kelly. And so basically he is obsessed with the whole creator economy and the content space. And so what he does is what I think is kind of the next wave of what YouTube will be. Because you know, it's all been very Mr. Beast-esque. Yes. Like, yes. Like Mr. Beastification of YouTube. He's like trying to be part of the culture that's the opposite way. And so what he'll do is put just an absurd amount of time studying the creative process and creative elements of like old time artistic talents. So it could be like a painter that's not that huge from like a super long time ago. And he'll spend like a month digging into this guy's life to then make a video essay about it. And so that's something he's been working on. So he puts out very little content in terms of like frequency because he puts so much time into each one. And I think that's why he will break through. So on Instagram, he's just at the Jacob Kelly. I'm trying to find his YouTube channel. Is it just Jacob Kelly? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, it is. Yeah, so he's still low-key right now. He's, he's put out 11 videos, but I'm predicting in the next like 12 to 16 months that he has a big pop. Amazing. Yeah, I think that long-form, more educated pieces of content are going to be, like you said, like kind of the next wave of content that people are going to want. I mean, the fact that TikTok has those long-form videos now I sit there and I will listen to like, this was how the earth was created. And then just be like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> it is I'll funny. just sit there for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about YouTube too. Is I've watched a lot of long form content there and I, effort, I was always rewarded. And I think that's one thing where people can really go a long way in changing their situation is if they put in way more effort because it's usually detected and it stands out like crazy. Absolutely. Well, please go give him a follow. All of his information will be in our show notes. Also, please give us a follow. We are at flick.social on Instagram, on TikTok, and on YouTube. We are flick underscore social at X, Twitter, whatever it's called now. That's what we're over there. (laughs) But please go check out the YouTube page. Ben has been making some incredible videos over there and some really good content. Obviously, his Uber driver really likes it as well. So go check it out i don't know if if you mentioned the newsletter but if you go to watch any of our videos it'll be linked the newsletter will be linked in the description of any of the videos so if while you're checking out youtube you may as well subscribe to the newsletter and on the podcast apps if you somehow have yet to leave a review please do so it does a massive does massive things for us in terms of ranking and lists and whatnot so if you do like the show taking two seconds to leave us a review would be greatly appreciated in spotify or apple podcasts or both go crazy with it yeah we love it all thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you all in two weeks bye peace